Welcome to Jets, Mets, and Regrets. Uh, I'm Jason. Today we got Steve from New Jersey filling in. Rick couldn't make it today. He uh, lost his fantasy football bet and had to eat 100 spicy Wendy's chicken nuggets the last two days. So uh, he's not doing too well. So we have Steve filling in today. Uh, and, and Steve's a New York Jet fan and a New York Met fan. So again, another another rare breed uh, for us. But how you doing today, Steve? Welcome to Jets, Mets, and Regrets. Really glad to have you. Well, thanks, Jay. I don't know if that's really a punishment in my mind. I love Wendy Spicy Nugs, so I don't know if I could do 100, but I could I could probably put a dent in them. Um, but no, I'm doing good. You know, it's nice that, you know, both the teams had a pretty good week, needless to say. A little bummed about yesterday's loss to the Brewers, but in the end, Braves lost. The Braves are losing right now. Uh, last I checked anyway, it's about 930 on the East Coast. And it seems like they're down one nothing against the Phillies. This is probably one of the first times ever as a Mets fan I'll want to root for Philadelphia. So, uh, yeah, go Phillies, I guess. Yeah, well, well, two things on that. One, I think it wouldn't be a punishment because yes, Wendy's spicy chicken nuggets are good. Not as good as Chick Fil A's, but you know, a, a, a close second. Uh, but I think Rick was saying the uh, the aftermath of the Wendy's chicken nuggets were were a little bit rough. So. Uh, yeah, that, that was, was tough on him. But yeah, I mean, I cannot remember, I don't know if we look back on it yet and we'll, we'll have to find the statistic, but the last time the Mets and the Jets both, both won on the same day. I mean, it, it has to be a very long time. I know they came out with that statistic about like the Mets, Jets, Yankees, and Giants. Uh, but I would know, you know, being a Met and Jet fan, like when's the last time we were extremely happy on the same day because both their teams won. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I honestly would have to say the trajectory was when the last time both teams were very good in the same season which is probably 2015 that that yeah that was probably the last time it was it was great because again too they they won the Mets won the division that year and the Jets were one game away from making the playoffs (laughs) yeah that's what I would guess too 2015 uh but hey hopefully more to come now right hopefully we get another one this Sunday uh and, and make it more normal but would love to start talking about the Jets. We've been talking a lot about the offseason, right? Tons of hype about the draft, the free agency class, and we have two games under our belt. So we'd really love to hear, like, what's your perspective about this team? Two weeks in, uh, obviously one and one right now, lost to Baltimore and then lost to the Bengals. Maybe we could break down each week. So, yeah, how do you feel right now? And let's get maybe into the Baltimore game and a little bit into the, the Browns game. Excuse me, the Browns game. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. We, I know that um... – you know, I ended up going to that Ravens game, and I'll be completely honest with you, that atmosphere was pretty electric prior to the game. Everybody was just so pumped about just getting back into the stadium, really excited about this team. And unfortunately, it was kind of a dud in the sense that the offense just wasn't clicking that game. It was unfortunate. There were signs of the team doing well for the most part, but I, I can tell you right now that it was just sloppy. There was no real traction on offense. And as a result of not a lot of offense, defense had to do a lot of work. So they gotten getting gassed pretty quickly. I remember kind of one of the big things that stood out to me in the game was that deep ball to Rashad Bateman. And that was just kind of like a, a crap, like, you know, here we go again. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a vicious cycle that is a, being a Jets fan. You're going to be, you're going to bring yourself up as high as you can go. And then at the end, when you actually get get there and you see the team perform and they're not performing up to the expectations, you're immediately going to, you know, shit talk everything about the fact that, you know, you, you're building up this great offseason, people are looking good, and then you also are seeing 
um, not a great product. Now, to be fair, they're not they're not with their starting quarterback. Everyone under the sun thought that Zach Wilson was going to be the starter week one. And I remember watching that happen in real time when he, you know, tried to do an insane juke move as, you know, in a preseason game. It, it baffled me. And what made it worse was I was staying over watching the game with a Philadelphia Eagles fan who they were playing. I mean, now granted, they won the game, but it doesn't matter. It was preseason. But yeah, no, going back to what I was saying, um, sloppy, sloppy offense. They didn't utilize Garrett Wilson in that game. He had that one really great play on third down, which should have been a first down, but you know, the jury's still out there. Um, I would say that the star of that game, in my opinion, and you know, I'd love to hear what you think as well is, is DJ Reed. DJ Reed was unbelievable and sauce Gardner. What a fantastic debut. Um, I believe it was one reception for eight yards. And I think that was to Mark Andrews, who was their stud receiver. So the fact that he shut down a tight end is, is pretty, you know, speaks volumes to me anyway. So I think, you know, he had a solid debut and, you know, my, my grade for, for the first game wasn't, you know, that high, I'd probably give it like a C minus, or honestly, I'd give it an incomplete because the, the, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen with Flacco. I mean, we had an idea what, what we were going to see with Flacco as a starter, but you know, you, you really missed Zach Wilson that game. And then um, my thoughts on game two, we were neck and neck until oh, that oh, one. Let, let, let me get into game one real quick, and then we'll go into game two. Okay. Yeah, gonna, yeah go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. Yeah, but that's awesome. I mean, awesome that you were able to go to the game and go to MetLife. I, I wish I was there. I wish I could have flown out and been hanging out with you guys. But, yeah, and I, I think nowadays, you know, I really chalk it up to you only have – you're limited in preseason games, and you don't really have starters play anymore in the preseason. And I know you don't want to get starters hurt, and funny enough, right, Zach Wilson getting hurt in the first preseason game. So it's, hey, let's just make it to the regular season and let's get healthy. Uh, but it's the first-team offense, the first-team defense, they don't really have time to gel. When you have a really, really young team and when you have a lot of new players from free agency – I really think, and, and going back to a previous episode where we gave our Jet predictions, I, I kind of said just that, that with a young team, with new guys in free agency, I thought Zach Wilson would be at the helm. But I thought the Jets would need a week or two to really get started. And, and yeah, there were some good and some bad. I like how you highlighted DJ Reed and Sauce. I mean, they were dominant. I think if you go back, there was a statistic. I think they, had the, they allowed the least amount of receiving yards uh, as a tandem during week one. So phenomenal play for them. Uh, and then you also had, I think the Jets gave up the least amount of rushing yards in a Lamar Jackson-led error team uh, in the history of him playing. So again, like defense really showed up and made him throw the ball and made him be more one-dimensional. But at the end of the day, I think just lack of experience, being a new team, not really meshing with each other uh, until week one, uh, needing to learn how to play with each other. I think that really came back to hurt them where you have a Baltimore team who you know has a veteran coach, has a quarterback who wouldn't necessarily call him a veteran, but wouldn't necessarily call him a, a rookie or young quarterback anymore either. Like Lamar is starting to get established in this league and he has made a name for himself. Uh, but overall, I mean, you know me, I am the optimistic Jet fan where I will always, as you say, how, how do you say it? I bring you back to what? You bring us, you bring us down to, to earth or you bring us back to reality. I bring it back to reality. So I know you, our, our friend Dan and John might've been freaking out a little bit, uh, but but hey, let's let's segue that into week two. Uh, yeah, a lot of good things from week one, and and then real quick on week one too. I think just turnovers really cost us. Turnovers and not being able to execute. I mean, Brees Hall really bad fumble. Conklin with a bad fumble. Brandon Mann just not really doing that well in terms of his his punts. 
Uh, so th- there were a lot of things going on in that game. And, you know, even abandoning the run, I think Michael Carter that game had 10 rushes, 60 yards, averaging six six yards a carry. And to, to not feed him the ball anymore when, when he was hot uh, didn't really make sense. And, and same thing with Garrett Wilson. Like he – when he did catch some balls, like he – I think he had that one play where he almost got a first down. And he was kind of dancing and making guys miss. And after that play and after that game, we were all like, you got to feed – Garrett Wilson the ball more like you need to give this guy the ball uh and, and we could probably segue that into week two because Garrett Wilson definitely balled out in week two but, but let's get into that Brown game oh my god um so yeah no I I can tell you that I wasn't really watching the the game of the game in its entirety I was out running errands but I did watch that first half and I was very you know as, as dismal as it is being a Jets fan, as you're aware, it, there are the moments where it's like, okay, I believe in this team. And after that half, I was like, I believe in this team. The fact that they were keeping, keeping it, you know, neck and neck with the Browns. And again, let's, let's, let's be clear too. This is the Cleveland Browns. The factory of sadness with them is alive and well. We've, we've had that moniker for a little bit. I want to say, well, I mean, not for a little bit, but for a while. But that team proves to be statistically bad year in and year out, even when they, they make the playoffs, which I think they made the playoffs two years ago for the first time in like 20 years. I don't even, I don't even know, but no, I was, I, this was a not, this was a must win game, no matter what, because a, it's the Cleveland Browns and B the Jets really needed to step it up. I know our guy, Robert Sala, who I love and Jason and I can, can vouch for this. Well, Jason can vouch for this. The minute that he was considered a coach for the New York Jets, I wanted him from the get-go. It was either him or the gentleman who currently coaches the New York Giants, which is Brian Dable. Either or would have been really good, but I think that Robert Sala is perfect for this team. He's perfect for the New York media because he just says it like it is. You know, in the moment, he was being a little passionate. He was being human, and he just said, look, you know, you guys are going to write us off, but we're going to keep these receipts, and we're going to, you know, chug it out. And that's exactly what they did. You know, they went down 30 to 17, I believe, right? That was the, that was the score. They, they were down 30 to 17. Katie York missed that extra point. And I remember I turned the game back on when I came back from doing what I was doing, just as that was happening. And I remember watching Flacco throw that 66 yard bomb to, to Corey Davis and they scored the touchdown. And I thought, this is insane. This, this is great, but I know, you know, in, in the realistic football, football fan mind, I was like, there's no way, like there's a very slim chance that they're going to win that game or they're going to re- recover the onside kick. And I remember calling you back and forth and I know you were doing your own thing and I was kind of like trying to get your attention, trying to call you, text you, FaceTime you, et cetera. And I remember when they recovered the onside kick and we talked for about a minute or two, and then we, we watched the game kind of because there was a delay. I think I was online. You were streaming it or what have you, and it was just chaos. I think I might have been delayed too, but I just remember watching it, and when Flacco kind of marched them down the field, um, the one play that I was upset about, and I was kind of – no, you were actually on the phone with me when I was kind of having a little tantrum, was when Conklin dropped the ball, and – I mean, in, in a way, it kind of saved us because it stopped the clock. And I believe that player, the next play after that, was when uh, Flacco had that beautiful pass to, to Wilson to end the game. And then, of course, the, the stereotypical Jets fan set in once, you know, 
Zerline made the extra point and he kicked it off. My first thought was, oh my God, they're going to find a way to lose it because that's what the Jets do. They're going to give them the field. They're going to give them enough field position so that they can score on a field goal and they're going to ruin our hopes and dreams as Jets fans. And I can't handle another loss to the Browns. Although since they lost to them in 2018, I believe that the Jets have been one and two against. No. Yes, because they lost in 19, they beat them in 20, and I think they beat them in 20. I don't even think they played them in 21. So they're one and one, excuse me. So they're one and one since they last saw them. Um, but finally, you know, Ashton Davis, first, first play of the game for him is a pick and seals the game. And I was just screaming, elated with joy. It was phenomenal. The fact that I guess the coaches listened to us fans and the media saying to put Garrett Wilson in, something must have clicked in Michael Floor's head where he's like, you know what, maybe I should play Garrett Wilson because, you know, we drafted him 10th overall, which thank you, by the way, uh, Seattle, for that pick. Thank you. Um, thank you. We are – it was great to finally see him. And when DJ Reed kind of later in the later after the game and after press said that he – is similar to Justin Jefferson is very high praise, but I'm very weary of that comment because I know that will go into, that will get to Jets fans heads. He had a great game. He had two touchdowns, but I want to see him continue to play at that level. You know, I'm not expecting two touchdowns and a hundred and hundred plus yards a game. I want him to be effective where he need when he needs to be effective. If it means more red zone targets, give him the ball. And, you know, I don't want to take away um, anything from, from Brees Hall, too, who kind of redeemed himself from that fumble from the game against Baltimore. He had a really good game. He had his first career touchdown with a passing touchdown. So it was nice to see that. And just seeing, you know, that team, you know, really not give up. Like, you know, the, as the meme goes, I didn't hear no bell. They did not hear a bell until it hit zero, 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 zero. And, it was amazing to see that team bounce back. And honestly, this might be jumping the gun a little bit in, in what you want to do for the, for the uh, presentation of this, but I think that Cincinnati is a beatable team. Cincinnati is very much a beatable team. We saw that with a Dakless Cowboys team. Granted, it was a very close game, but Cincinnati looks very beatable. Now, we're not going to have Mike White like we did last time, but we also have Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Michael Carter, Elijah Moore, who we haven't really heard from and isn't getting as much you know, love from the media. But again, that's another weapon that you know, defenses might forget about, and he might be open and he'll have his shot. You know, This is a very young team. They're the 15th youngest team. I think, yeah, they're the 15th youngest team in the league. So they're in the bottom, they're in the, the I guess, the upper half of young teams. And they're ready. They're hungry. Um, you know, I think they have a bright future. And, you know, Flacco's possible last game is next week. And then the week after that, you're going to get Zach Wilson. I'm, I'm not too worried. I'm, I'm not too worried right now. I'm being realistic. I think they're going to go two and two in this first, first stretch of four games. But I think, you know, we have something to be excited about as Jets fans. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, so... And you know, Steve, yeah, we were in touch and we were talking that game. And Steve knows better than a lot of other people. I, I do not like 
when something gets ruined for a game. Like I, I need it to be a surprise. So we definitely hung up the phone and I said, Hey, like I'll, I'll call you back when the game's over. Uh, or I might've called them back when they scored the go ahead touchdown. But yeah, I mean, I had, you know, I was on my couch, had the Jets game on the laptop, the Mets game on the, uh, the TV that day. And after Chubb ran that touchdown in and it was 30, 17, I just kind of put my laptop to the side and said, all right, like, no, I went too. like, here we go. Tough Bengals team next week. Uh, but of course it, it didn't end like that. Corey Davis was wide open, but even then it was, like, we're not going to get an onside kick. Like onside kick rules in football are just so hard nowadays when you can't get as much of a running star as you used to be able to. And it's, just, it's not easy at all, but then we got that outside kick and it's like, all right, like, is, is something going to happen at that point? You're not going to not watch, right? Like you, you got to see what happened. It's either heartbreak, what we always normally experience as a Jet fan, or uh, maybe for once, like they'll, they'll prove us wrong, right? I think that's why we always keep watching, right? We, in hope of one day they'll prove us wrong. Uh, and then, yeah, just a really, really good drive by Flacco. It showed, you know, poor, it showed veteran leadership and, and to find that, that Garrett Wilson over the middle for that touchdown and to hit the extra point, like really, really good. And, a lot of good to take away. Uh, I think the line is is playing well overall. Uh, definitely missing Dwayne Brown and, and Mackay Beckton right now. But I think Max Mitchell is coming into his own. Uh, AVT, I believe he was like a top 10 in uh, pro football focus uh, rated guards for the previous week or even for the year. So he's playing on top of his game. Uh, I mean, what's there not to like about Garrett Wilson? 10 catches, 108 yards, I believe, uh, two touchdowns. The guy looked like you know, the 10th the overall pick, like that's what you, you drafted him for. Uh, so to, to really think that the Jets haven't had a number one receiver since Brandon Marshall, right? And they haven't really drafted and developed guys since Lavernius Cole, since Jericho Cotri, since you know, since going back way far. Uh, so to finally have somebody who we drafted who could, you know, be a good wide receiver, like it, it sounds crazy, but all these teams always draft good wide receivers. So finally, it seems like the Jets got one there. Priest Hall's homecoming game, he had a lot better of a game than his week one, protected the ball, got his first score on that little wheel route uh, on the right side. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot to like, right? And I know I'm not – I didn't go as much into the comeback and all that, but honestly, like, the team didn't quit. Uh, and, and that's really a credit to, like you said, Robert Sala in the beginning of that was one of the coaches he wanted. And they, they played hard for him, you know, and they didn't quit on him. And I, I think it is a young team, and they're going to need some time to mesh and work with each other and win learn how to win and learn that they don't like losing and what they have to do to eliminate losing. But uh, I agree. I think the future is really, really bright uh, with this team specifically. And I'd love to see what happens when Wilson comes back. I do think that uh, Flacco has been awesome and it's going to be tough to take him out if they're winning. But at the end of the day, he, he is one dimensional and, you know, he, he's not going to outrun and extend the play, right? Where Wilson, if, if Wilson could sit in the pocket and throw just as well as Flacco, then Wilson outside of the packet, that's just a whole nother weapon that uh, we currently don't have in our offense, a whole nother dynamic. So really, really excited to see. Hopefully they're still slated for week four, potentially uh, against Pittsburgh. But, but yeah, I had the Jets losing week one to Baltimore. I did have them winning this week and I do have them losing next week uh, per my picks and then winning in Pittsburgh. But hey, I, I'd love for them to prove me wrong. Uh, and, and and beat the Bengals next week, a team that's really struggling at 0-2 right now. But, yeah, let's get into it. I know you kind of segued there. Uh, let's look at this matchup and kind of how we're feeling for this Sunday. Yeah. Uh, I would say that, you know, this this defensive line is hungry. Uh, I don't know. Unfortunately, I don't have it up right now, and I can pull it up right now too, um, just what this Jets defense looks like. Um, 
I know that this defensive line is hungry, and I know that Sauce and DJ Reed are going to have their hands full with this receiving core. You know, you have you have T. Higgins, you have you know Jamar Chase. I can't forget about Jamar Chase, and you have Tyler Boyd. And then that defensive line is going to have to see what they can do with Joe Mixon. Um, I'm pulling up right now, see what their 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 stats look like. And I mean, I trust I trust the secondary. Last year, if you asked me, do I trust the secondary? I I I I had you know I don't know maybe, but uh, no, I think that this team is you know unbelievable. They're they're something to be reckoned with, and they should not be looked at you know jokingly or mockingly. This team is uh, a team that can get things done. Um, the fact that you know again going back real quick. Um, and, and just, and just so you know, I believe that the Jets have five sacks on the year. I believe that's five sacks is, is what I'm reading correctly. I'll have to double check that, but you know, they have enough sacks. Uh, I think they have, let me just see real quick, the, the interceptions for, for the year. Of course, it's not, uh, it's not showing it. Okay. So their turnover ratio is minus one. So you know, that's not bad for, for the beginning, beginning of the year. We'd like that to kind of be in the plus, but again, can't, can't control everything. So I think what really needs to be focused on for this Bengals team is really get to Joe Burrow, which seems to be easy right now based on what we've seen in these past two games. I think he's been sacked, what, like 12 times already, 12, 13 times, which is insane to think about. Um, and, and it's only been two games. And, you know, the, the receivers are, you know, are, they're a force to be reckoned with. My biggest fear and concern with this team are its receivers. I think if Sauce and DJ Reed, and I don't know who's playing the nickel right now, but whoever's playing the nickel right now, they need to shut those guys down. And I think they're in a, in a very good spot. Um, my one, I think another concern that I have for the Jets is, um, Safety play, free safety play, specifically, excuse me, LaMarcus Joyner. He's kind of been a little suspect when it comes to defensive coverages. You know, he's, he's missing marks and I'm just a little, I'm a little concerned. I have faith in him. I think he's going to, you know, get it back together. You know, that he's going to have a good week of practice this week and he's going to, he's going to put it together and he's going to have a great week. I think this is, you know, the, uh, the LaMarcus Joyner game where he's going to, he's going to be called upon a lot and he's going to be heard from announcers that he's doing what he needs to do to get things done. Um, that being said, I'm going to go opposite of what you said. I think that the, that the Jets will win this week against the Bengals. Very close, but I think they'll win. And I think that um, they're going to win against the Steelers. I think that they have a shot to, to play Steelers. And I'll put an asterisk on that because we don't know if it's going to be Kenny Pickett playing or if it's going to be Mitch Trubisky playing. Um, I'm really hoping that Rob Sala doesn't do what Todd Bowles did when uh, Baker Mayfield played against the Jets, and he did not prepare a single snap for Baker Mayfield. So I'm hoping that Robert Sala is aware to try and do some install where he has scout team or practice squad playing as both Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. Um, Yeah. That's, that's my thought process for next week. I think, um, again, always establish a run game first and foremost. And then when they're not looking, throw it to Wilson, throw it to Moore, 
hey, even if you want to, too, throw it to Davis for hopefully a 66-yard bomb. I don't think we're going to see that, but would love would love <laughs> to be able to see that. Um, but I really think what needs to be an area of adjustment, and I think they really need to pick it up, and it's been kind of an issue on the offense for a couple of years now, even dating back to uh, you know probably – probably in the latter half of Rex Ryan's career with the Jets is tight end play. I think they need to really, you know, they, they signed two tight ends in the off season and, you know, I'm hoping that Uzoma will, or Uzama, Uzama, his name is Uzama. He's, he's, he said, he's made it very clear. Um, Uzama. Uzama, Uzama should be playing on Sunday and I'm hoping that he has a game and he balls out against his old team. I think that's, something that we can see. And I think if Uzama and Conklin and even Rucker, you know, make their presence known within the game, I think the Jets are set. And it's a good, you know, if they win, it's going to be a great close to, you know, Joe, Joe Flacco under center. And then it'll be a ripe opportunity for, for Wilson to come right back in. Because I think we've discussed this before. We don't want to put him in a situation where, you know, Wilson is going to fail. And I think Wilson, once Wilson's ready, he that's him. That's that's his that's his show. He's the one. He's the man under center. He's the man in the ring. He will be the one to take what is take back what is his and he will he will be the leader of this team once more. Yeah, and then getting right into it. I'm I'm really excited to see the DJ Reed. It it has to be Jamar Chase. I mean, he has to be following him all over the field. In my opinion, DJ Reed's the second highest graded uh, pro football focus corner. I mean, behind Darius Slay, who had that amazing performance uh, this past weekend against Justin Jefferson, just blanketed him. But but I'm really, really excited for that matchup. I think DJ Reed, the knock on him is always that he's undersized. He's, he's one of the smaller corners in the league, uh, but he hasn't played like that so far. So really excited to see that. And I, I think the game's really going to go one of two ways. I mean, Cincinnati has struggled a little bit this year. The, the offensive line is suspect. Something they tried to address in the offseason, but seems like it's still an issue. Uh, Carl Lawson going against his former team. You know, tough injury, obviously. Uh, but him coming back and needing a couple games under his belt before he actually gets back to who he is and who he can be. Uh, so that'll be interesting. But I, I see it one of two ways. I see the Jets either winning and kind of knocking down a, a Bengals team that's been struggling a lot this year uh, mm-hmm. and potentially even having like the sophomore slump because Burrow didn't really play year one, right? So this is yeah. really his second full year in the NFL, uh, you know, a sophomore slump, Super Bowl hangover, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, or the Bengals could say, hey, like we, we got to start clicking. Like we can't start 0-3. We are the defending AFC champions and they could really push it on the Jets. So I, I'm really excited though. I think this is going to be a great test for the Jets. They beat them last year. Uh, they beat Tennessee last year. The Jets had a lot of great wins last year, a lot of close games against some good teams too, like Tampa and all that. Uh, so I- I'm really, really excited for this matchup. Uh, and But yeah, ultimately, I think we, we really need Wilson back. Like he's going to add, like we said before, that other dynamic that Flacco can't. But if we could get another game or two under a belt before. And, and you guys he- heard it here first. Steve said, we're going to beat the Bengals. We're going to beat Pittsburgh. We're going to be three and one. So... We'll see if that happens. Uh, but, yeah, as a Jet fan, obviously, after that Browns win, we are riding high right now. We are feeling really, really good. But that could all change this Sunday. It is a roller coaster. So uh, more to, to come. So stay tuned. But, Steve, would love to get into a little bit Mets before we wrap it up today. We did clinch a playoff spot. Going for the division now. I know we said that the Braves 
we're losing. Let's uh. I'm checking right. I'm checking right now. I'm checking up. Give the fans an update, please. Give them what they've come for. I can tell you one thing. Every time we talk about the the Braves, or just we talk about the Mets in general, you know how stressful I get. And you know, I'm not I'm not where that guy Frank the Tank is in the sense that you know if we lose, the season's over. But every time you know we're we're neck and neck with the Braves. By the way. Um, the Braves are losing to the Philadelphia Phillies, bottom of the eighth, uh, no outs, and I believe Reese Hoskins is up, and he, I think, just struck out. Yep, he foul tipped and struck out. So it's, did you say did you say the score? What was the score? Uh, one nothing. Philadelphia one. Okay. Atlanta Braves zero. But Steve, so, let's, let's not confuse the fans on the podcast. You aren't just a stressful fan when we talk about the Mets. Oh no no we're we're stressed. You are a stressed sports fan. (laughs) Yeah, I I am. Jets, Rutgers. Oh, it's well the Devils are the Devils are like a junior varsity team at this point. And then you know I don't want to give them too much too much attention on this podcast, but I am a Celtics fan, and the whole thing that's going on with Ma Udoka, which they just said he's been suspended for for the entire um, the entire 2022-2023 season. And um, and they're saying we don't know if uh, you know the decision about his future is going to be with the team beyond beyond the season and will be made at a later date. So you know, honestly, it's it's super unfortunate. But if you're doing things like that, you know, it's not that's not okay with me as a fan um, or as a person in general. But that's not that's not a t- that's not a conversation for this for this it, podcast. I think this might be that might be the first time. Basketball has ever been talked about in Jets, Mets, and regrets. And hey, Rick's probably going to edit this later, so uh, I'm not sure if that was a breach in mine and Rick's contract. If it is, then he'll have to cut it out. But if not, Jets, Mets, and regrets. What a treat today! We're talking Celtics basketball. What? No, a treat. it's it's yeah. not it's not a it's not a great thing to talk about. But uh, but yeah, no, like I said, and and Jason mentioned this, I am one of the most stressful fans, and the Mets this year have caused me. A lot of stress. I mean, don't get me wrong. I was there present. I was present when the team threw their second ever no hitter. Um, we were, I was with our friend John and it was, it was unbelievable. And John was the one who realized that there was a no hitter going on at around the fifth inning, which was insanity. And they were actually just playing it on SNY since the Mets are off today. But yeah, I am so happy that the first year I ever was a season ticket holder for a professional team, they're going to the playoffs. And of all the teams that it happened to, I, I'm so happy that it's the Mets because, you know, ever since I started rooting for the Mets, you, John and I would go to games together and, you know, I really hope you're able to make it out to the East coast for one of those games, but it's just, it's a different, different beast, you know, I was there when they were in the World Series. Unfortunately, it was the game that they lost the series, but just being in that atmosphere at City Field was like nothing else, and I'm so excited to be back into it. It's been six years since they've, they've had an atmosphere like that, and you know I'm really, really proud of this team. Uh, I've had no regrets this season, so I'm very happy with, with what went down this season. You know, Max Scherzer being lights out, but I've said to... Jason and Jason, what's our what's our inside joke about the Mets? We got Buck. 
Buck Showalter is Sorry, the uh, Major League Baseball. We got Buck. The the best acquisition for the Mets this season was not any of its players. I mean, they were great, great acquisitions. The greatest acquisition in the Mets offseason was Buck Showalter. The 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 culture change that you saw from going from Luis Rojas to Buck Showalter was unbelievable. It was night and day. It was amazing. And the fact that this man has, you know, has forgotten more baseball than I think all the other 29 managers will ever know is, is insanity. And I loved every, I loved every second of going to these games, even when they were losing, because even in those losses, I think there was only one game I went to where it was a, a crushing loss, meaning that, you know, there was just so many runs scored against them was, I believe, when they played the Astros, which, by the way, um, I know this isn't professional, but fuck the Astros. Um, the, uh, um, the, the electricity and, the, and the, the feeling around this team is unbelievable. Like, people are rooting for the Mets. People are actually rooting for the Mets. That's unheard of. My brother, my brother and my family are Yankee fans, and they make fun of me still. And the Yankees, I'm pretty sure, are not doing as well as the Mets. Actually, no, I don't think. I know they're not doing as well. And they still hold on to it. I don't know what it is, Jason, but it's always the Mets. It's always the Giants fans and the Yankee fans that have to go back to the past because they haven't done anything as of late. But, you know, I'm just this, – this team is unbelievable. I'm, I'm so excited for it. The next game that I'm going to is actually on Tuesday against the Marlins. Um, I don't want to take up too much time because I know I want to hear what you think. But, you know – they can, they can, you know, knock on wood. I think these games are winnable. These, the athletic series, that should, should be a sweep. I don't mind if we go two and one against them. We have to win series. We have to win series, and we have to win the series against the Braves next Friday through Sunday. That is the must-win series because it is important for, for, Mets, for the Mets to have that division, but – selfishly, it's important for me because I'm going to be in Florida and I want to enjoy my Florida vacation <laughs> and not have to stress going back to, uh, to make the wild card game. But this team has no quit. You know, I think it's a reoccurring thing with, with teams from New York that end in ETS. Um, they're, they're just an unbelievable team, and I'm so excited for them to close out the season. No matter what, they're in the playoffs. You know, that's what we, were, that's what we wanted since December when they signed Buck and then they were signing all those free agents when everybody, you know, they kind of came back, but it's, it's going to be something else. These, this, this kind of stretch of two, three weeks, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Playoff baseball is literally in, in, in three weeks, two weeks, two weeks. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, to sum up what Steve said, like, and I know you were talking about some past stuff that you probably bridge, you know, the Houston series talking about the no hitter that you went to, uh, and all that. But I think, you know, sh- long story short, what we really feel as Met fans this year is to the different narrative about the team. Games they usually would have lost, they've won. You know, they, they wouldn't be in first place still in September. They would have lost it in August like they did last year. Uh, the no-hitter that they had wouldn't have happened. So, like, all these things are going their way, right? The hiring of Buck, like you said, like in years past, they wouldn't hire a competent manager. So I could get, you know, I could go on and on and, and talk about the season and how I feel right now. But I think I'll, you summed it up real well, Steve, and I'll just sum it up of like, as a Met fan, there's, there's just a different feeling going on with the team, right? Alonzo and Lindor leading the major league baseball for RBI uh, has two tandem players on a team. Uh, 
DeGrom dominating, Scherzer pitching six perfect innings the other day. Like, there's just so much that's that's happening to this team right now that you really, really got to feel good about. So uh, as the playoffs approach, as the Brave Series hits, we, we will definitely continue to talk uh, and, and get more perspective on how we feel as Met fans. But uh, awesome, Steve. Really appreciate you coming on today. Great information. Uh, really great info as a, another Jet and Met fan. I know a lot of you thought that I was the only Jet and Met fan in the world, but believe it or not, there are more Jet and Met fans. So I living proof right here and our friend John will come on one day and that will be three. So really, you know, trying to show you guys that there are more of us out there, uh, even though we are endangered, we are an endangered species. So please protect us and make sure we're all good. But anyway, Steve, would love to hear at the end, any regret, usually we talk about regrets from the past week, but talking about football after that Browns win, sorry, Cleveland, that you guys suck pretty badly. Uh, should have kept Baker, but anyway, uh, would love to hear if you've ever had like a regret from a tailgate. I know we've gone to a lot of jet games back in the day. We've, we've tailgated a lot. So yeah, if you wanted to sum up real quick, maybe your biggest tailgate regret that you've ever had. Uh, oh, my biggest tailgate regret. Um, so I think it was maybe our sophomore year of college. It was Jason, myself and our friend, John. And I didn't have a portable grill. And it was kind of the first time that I was running. Well, not I, but the three of us were running a tailgate. Like we were the ones doing it. And I remember a friend of mine from home. I mean, Jason, Jason, John, and I grew up together. Um, this guy, Sean, that we went to school, went to high school with. He, who's, who's one of my best friends, also a Mets fan. Um, he gave me a charcoal grill with... Um, with wet coals wet coals and we couldn't for the life of us light these coals and we didn't have lighter fluid or anything this goes to show you how much of how how like green we were when it came to tailgating no no um no uh 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 whatever it is the the lighter fluid nothing no like not good matches etc so i remember we had our beers and everything and we were walking around the parking lot that we parked in asking guys if they could just let us put our burgers on their grill for five minutes so that we could eat. And I'll never forget one guy goes to me, he goes, he goes, what happened to your grill? I'm like, Oh, the, the coal, the coals were, were wet. He was like, what's the matter with you? Did you not check them before you came? And uh, it, it really kind of made me feel awful as a human being that, you know, I was not accepted in the tailgate world. But, you know, I got better. I think later that year, I bought a uh, a, a propane uh, portable grill, and I think we cooked some brats uh, for the Jets-Patriots game later that year, which they, I believe, lost closely. Um, just to give a quick update to you, Jay, too, um, it is the end of the eighth. The Phillies are still up one nothing, and the, the people that are due up are Grish- Grissom, Harris the second and Ozuna, who are 0 for 2, 0 for 3, and 0 for 3. So I feel pretty good that, you know, knock on wood, that the uh, the the Phils might actually pull this through. Um, prayers up to my friend Jacob. Shout out Jacob, who is a big, um, big Phillies fan, who I said the Phillies were half sweep, and he's like, I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a a, a a soothsayer. I'm not a sorcerer, but shout out to him for having faith in his team. So appreciate that. 
Um, but yeah, and then also that's another regret telling telling Philly fans to make sure that their team wins. <laughs> yeah, I remember that uh, that tailgate day, and that was interesting. But we learned from it, and we've gotten better. I promise you all, we are better at tailgating now. So if we ever invite you out to tailgate with us, like don't worry, we you will eat, and yeah, we'll we'll be good. We know what to uh, do. We, we know what to do, exactly. Uh, but for me, my biggest regret, uh, this will be a Jets, Mets, and regrets public service announcement. Never touch a ghost pepper with your hands, and then after that, rub your eyes with the hand that you touched the ghost pepper with. And I will leave it at that for now. <laughs> so, Steve, thank you for coming on today. It's been a blast. Uh, really hope to have you on in the future. Uh, but we got Steve from New Jersey, Jason, hopefully Rick will be on soon. Hopefully when you see Rick next time, he'll be uh, fully recovered from his Wendy's spicy nugget bet that he lost. Uh, but I'm Jason. This is Steve. This is Jets, Mets, and Regrets. We will see y'all later. Thanks for having me. Loved it. Thanks guys. See you soon.